0: In the United States, the decision to use nuclear weapons lies in the hands of the president alone. In the days following the deadly insurrection on January 6, Speaker Nancy Pelosi feared that President Trump's unhinged behavior could lead to a nuclear disaster. As made public in Bob Woodward's latest book, the speaker called Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and asked, what precautions are available To prevent an unstable president from accessing the launch codes and ordering a nuclear strike. The general answered, I have no direct authority, but I have a lot of ability to prevent bad things from happening. This reopens an age-old debate. Is the launch of nuclear weapons too big of a decision for just one person? So far, the only use of nuclear weapons dates back to 1945 when the Americans bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki in the final year of World War II. As tensions grow between nuclear-armed states, the world is once again on edge. Now, more than ever, we must understand why states acquire nuclear weapons and what we can do to slow proliferation before it's too late. Chapter 1. Why States Acquire Nuclear Weapons The process of acquiring nuclear weapons is complicated because the interests of several states are at play. If a state wants to launch a nuclear program, it must be in a position to overcome constraints imposed by its adversaries. But most states cannot afford to fight preventive attacks. Only two types of states have a strategic interest in acquiring the nuclear bomb. First, powerful states under high threat. Powerful states are more likely to proliferate unimpeded. That's especially true if a state considers that the benefits of proliferation exceed the cost of its nuclear program or the cost of a preventive war. Second, Weaker States Under the Protection of Unreliable Allies Weaker states are less likely to acquire nuclear weapons, unless their territory is under the protection of a powerful ally that cannot guarantee their full security, nor afford to break their alliance. Under high levels of threat, states in this position will improve their strategic outlook by acquiring nuclear weapons. Chapter 2. Nuclear-armed states and the international community The vast majority of states do not have a strategic interest in proliferating, which explains why fewer than 5% currently possess the bomb. Nuclear-armed states are divided into two categories. Category number 1. States recognized by the Treaty on the Non-Proliferation of Nuclear Weapons NPT for short. The United States, the United Kingdom, France, China, and Russia are nuclear armed states recognized by the NPT. Category number two, other states. India, Israel, Pakistan, and North Korea are also nuclear armed states, but they are not recognized by the NPT. The Treaty on the Non-Proliferation of Nuclear Weapons is described by the United Nations as follows, quote, The NPT is a landmark international treaty whose objective is to prevent the spread of nuclear weapons and weapons technology, to promote cooperation in the peaceful uses of nuclear energy, and to further the goal of achieving nuclear disarmament and general, complete disarmament, end quote. It entered into force in 1970 and is structured around three pillars non-proliferation, disarmament, and the right to peacefully use nuclear technology. For instance, the treaty states that nuclear armed states must not undertake transfer of nuclear weapons to any recipient. It also says that non-nuclear armed states must not receive nuclear weapons from any source. And finally, it says that each party must pursue negotiations in good faith on effective measures relating to secession of the nuclear arms race. Although the NPT provides the international community with a clear framework to prevent the spread of nuclear weapons, it is not enough on its own. Case in point, India, Israel, Pakistan, and South Sudan never signed the treaty north korea withdrew its signature and iran was found in non-compliance chapter three rethinking nuclear arsenal control since the new millennium the world's arms control system has collapsed russia and america violated or abandoned agreements that sought to reduce nuclear capabilities Trump repealed Obama's nuclear deal with Iran, India and Pakistan, two nuclear opponents, are growing their nuclear arsenals with no limits, and North Korea is not slowing down its race to arms. Abolishing the bomb is utopian. It simply won't happen. Instead, we must reduce the risks of a global nuclear disaster. The road to rethinking nuclear arsenal control will require political, technical, and military prowess. Last year, George Perkovich, a world-renowned expert on non-proliferation issues, published a three-step roadmap to reinvent nuclear arms control. In his piece, he suggests the following. 1. Generating political will to prevent future proliferation in the U.S., Russia, and China. In the years to come, it will be important to engage China in the arms control process. Doing so would reduce US and Russian incentive to proliferate and reassure states in Asia that they won't need the bomb to counter potential Chinese aggression. If the US, Russia and China, the three largest nuclear powers, can engage in matters of non-proliferation, they could pressure India and Pakistan to start negotiating limits on their nuclear arsenals. 2. Modernizing our approach to new weapons and nuclear entanglement. New weapon technologies will require renewed approaches. Perkovich puts it this way, Balancing like-for-like long-range ballistic missiles was akin to comparing American trucks to Russian trucks. Now, strategists and negotiators need to balance dumb trucks against Ferraris, Teslas against boats, and satellites against planes." Quote. In other words, weapon arsenals are more diverse and asymmetrical than ever, which complicates non-proliferation negotiations between nations. And nuclear entanglement complexifies this reality, Entanglement happens when states mix nuclear and non-nuclear weapon systems, which is not a good idea because it could inadvertently result in the use of nuclear weapons. James M. Acton, the co-director of the nuclear policy program at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, explains, quote, In a conventional war, for example, one state could use non-nuclear weapons to attack its adversary's nuclear weapons or their command and control systems. Such strikes could pressure the country being attacked into using its nuclear weapons before they were disabled. End quote. Another terrifying example of entanglement is dual-use weapons because they can carry both nuclear and non-nuclear warheads. Perkovich puts it this way, quote, a military might fire a conventionally armed variant of a dual-use missile, but the adversary could easily interpret it as a nuclear attack and order nuclear retaliation. In this case, a nuclear war intended by neither side could nevertheless break out. Quote. To solve this puzzle, the United States, Russia, and China must find common ground to balance and limit the expansion of their asymmetrical arsenals. If they can achieve this, India and Pakistan could follow. But first, the three largest nuclear powers in the world will have to overcome communication and bureaucratic barriers within their own militaries. Three, focusing on limiting the level of destructiveness linked to the use of nuclear weapons. Nuclear armed states enhance their nuclear programs to deter their adversaries from using nuclear weapons to win a war. In turn, their adversaries also build more weapons. That's why nuclear disarmament at the global level is unlikely to happen anytime soon. In this context, Perkovich suggests to focus on reducing the dangers of nuclear war. Quote, ensuring against catastrophic escalation should be the new organizing principle and goal of arms control. No two antagonists should wield weapons whose number and explosive power could not only destroy their own nations but also cast innocent bystanders into a nuclear winter, with sunlight blocked from the stratospheric suit, global rainfall severely diminished, and agricultural productivity disastrously reduced. End quote. The risks of a nuclear catastrophe is enhanced by the collapse of the world's arms control system, the use of new weapons, nuclear entanglement, and renewed tensions between nuclear-armed states. Nuclear proliferation leads to larger and more dangerous arsenals, which intensifies the risk of a global nuclear disaster. Add an irrational leader to the mix, and we could find ourselves in the middle of a nuclear war. Perhaps, The first question we should solve is this one. What precautions are available to prevent an unstable president from accessing the launch codes and ordering a nuclear strike? Thank you so much for listening. This article was written by me, Guillaume Huppé, with the contribution of content editor Leah Brown. To read our other stories, go to themonthlyread.com. That's themonthlyread.com. And thank you for subscribing to our podcast. We'll see you next month.